Hospitals and health organizations today face so many challenges, and many of those affect the bottom line. One presiding factor in all of this is how patients feel about their level of service, and that's why it's critical to talk about the patient experience. Thank you, folks, again for listening to the Patient Podcast, and uh, thank you, too, for your affirmations and your comments. They're always appreciated, and, and keep them coming. It's, it's a pleasure to do this. It's a fun thing to do, but we're going to switch things around a little bit. I do all the interviewing sometimes, and I do all the talking, so I think it's a good chance for someone else to interview me. Of course, I will get to talk. But it's really good to answer questions, and I'm glad to have my co-worker um, from PRC here, Mary Emily Wood, and we've worked together really since from my start there, and we're, uh, and we're blessed to have the team. So, Mary Emily, you go ahead and start asking questions. Thanks, John. I want to pick your brain a little bit. So... In all of your interviews since the beginning of your podcasts, you have always posed the question, how do you lead? Why is leadership important in developing culture and exceptional patient experience? Tell me more. Well, the top of the food chain, I guess you, we could compare that to, would be the CEO of an organization and how they lead Almost, I must mimic that same style sometimes, but I also have to lead in a way that is unique to me. And we find that really leadership can be many things. Uh, There's a lot of theories out there. There's a lot of books on leadership. And I've never, and I've read some of them, and I've never really been able to pinpoint a answer for that, you know, or, or to say, okay, I'm going to claim this is my leadership style. I did at some point in my career, I asked myself, okay, John, you've read all this on leadership, and so now develop your leadership style. And I thought, wow, that's kind of tough. But I, here's my initial leadership style. Do the best that you can when you still have the time. That goes back um, to what my mother taught me, I think. Well, no, I, had de- I developed that idea of, long time ago, but before my mother passed, and I guess my mother's last words to me is, do what you know you got to do and do it right. So that kind of pieced together. But our leadership is very important in our department where we are in healthcare trying to provide an outstanding patient experience. And I kind of think of it this way, lead in a way that your employees have an outstanding employee experience. Yes. And 
that's a key right there. So, okay, I've developed. Now, that idea, uh, I'll have to say this too. On the, uh, the theory, I had two theories I came up with. The theory of leadership and the theory of time management. And time management, that was pretty easy. Stay away from the places that cause you to slip and fall. Mm. Now, does that apply to people also? Yes. Okay. Yeah. But I have to set the example. And what are the places that cause you to slip and fall? It's different for everybody. But now I'm going to be honest. Here's one of my places. Facebook. I waste time on Facebook. Not necessarily it causes me to slip and fall, but I go down to my office at night exhausted. I've already taken uh, my Tylenol PM if I'm not feeling good. And then I go, well, i got to check on Facebook. Well, what is really in that important that, that I have to check for? And then you feel like you've got to reply to everything. And really, you don't. You really don't. So that's just a waste of time sometimes. It can be anything for anybody. People have a lot of challenges in their life. And it may be something, sadly, that causes them to slip and fall. But the best way for time management, stay away from those places. Okay. Why is leadership important? Okay. The fact that you've got all eyes are on you. All eyes are on you. And in a hospital setting, all eyes are on you as your staff. All eyes are on you as a caregiver, as a health care provider. I've got to provide a good leadership for my team, but at the same time, I have to provide nurturing to our customers. And it is is a, a nurturing situation. So get your leadership right. And get your focus on that leadership, then all the good things will happen. Do you think effective leadership comes from the head or the heart? Ooh, the heart. Like I said, yeah, like I said, um, there's all kinds of books on leadership. And if you go in my little cubie at the office, you probably may see three or four. Have I read them? Maybe the forward, and but they look good up there. Sure. And it's my my way. I, that's another place that caused me to go to Barnes and Noble and see all these books on leadership, and I want to buy them, but I don't have time to read them. So definitely, it comes from the heart, and it has to come from the heart. You know, I think I go back to that original question you asked me, and I'm going off all all kinds of tangents, but. What do I say is leadership now? Number one comes from a quote by Mary Kay Hunt. She um, and she was a actually a patient uh, experience coach. She is a patient experience coach, and um, she worked in a hospital setting um, as their director of patient experience. And her whole theme was be a catalyst for change. 
And um, that's pretty good. And then I thought of another situation, which really uh, applies to healthcare providers. Be a catalyst for healing. Because, you, you know, just like, you know, we in our office, every office, people are facing challenges. I mean, they got a lot of stuff going on. And we, sometimes we hear about it, sometimes, sadly, it's too late when we hear about it, but people are facing challenges. And we, we got to give them room to heal. We've got to create an atmosphere for that healing. That's right. Creating that, a culture. Yeah. And that's what you're doing. You know, um, I have to say something I was thinking about on the way over here. Somehow they gave me the title of chief client officer, and I think it came from the marketing company. That's a good title. It's, you know. <laughs> I think um, let's talk about things, but we need to uh, bring it up in our staff meeting or something. Chief culture officer, I like that. So you're you are you are the mother of patient experience. And I want to say something else. And I and uh, we were actually just talking about this before we started to record about um, defining moments. We have defining moments, and they come, I'd say they come when we least expecting, and it's, uh, it just, it just really, really, it's a good thing. Defining moments may hurt. They have the potential potential to hurt. But I've learned as a good leader, when you have those defining moments, Make a plan of action. That's right. Don't just let it, just don't put it up on the bulletin board and say, this defining moment, make a plan of action. So this summer, this is a, this is something interesting. I'm going in, going into summer a little different, differently um, than I have before. My wife's a teacher and she's off during the summer. And um, that's kind of good, but I'm thinking, Wow. She, she really takes time to renew herself for the fall, and uh, so I'm. And I had a friend, actually, one of my ministers at church is leaving to go on a um, sabbatical because he's been at the church seven years and is going on a sabbatical. And um, I was really impressed with that. That that word sabbatical, I thought, hmm, I'm going to take sabbatical, but I don't have enough PTO time, and I don't think my company really does that that's kind of a ministry thing or maybe a academic thing but I went into it with the frame of mind this summer as the summer sabbatical and it's a different pace in the summer and I should take advantage of that and I should take advantage of the quiet moments that happen during the summer to keep a journal of um, defining moments so right now I've got 16. I wouldn't say they're huge defining moments, but they got my attention. And I'm not really sure they need a plan of action, but some of them do. There is some, that two things I've learned in particular, that need a plan of action. It's a, if it's three-step, five-step, they need a plan of action. So I, that's how you lead. You realize what you need to do and make your plan of action.
And then we're going to face challenges. Like I said, their challenges are, like I said, they're tough. They're great. Um, really, all yeah, challenges are offered. Thank you. That That is good. They are opportunities for us. But it may wear us out doing it, but wow, you know. But you got to face them with dignity, and you've got to face them with integrity. And again, people are watching how you lead. And that's really the reason I ask that question to the people I interview. I hope to make them think about how do I lead, you know, because that's the core of all of this. That is the core of a good culture. That is the core of outstanding patient experience. And like I say, people are watching. And sometimes I want to say to people, take a picture to last longer than stare at you or something. But leadership is something we got to claim it and we got to do it. And really, you've got to, you learn from other people. Sure, I've learned from John Maxwell. I have learned from Zig Ziglar. You know, some of the, the big names, uh, Coach Wooden. You know, I've learned all these things, but they really don't apply to me. So I guess this sabbatical idea is understanding a little more of who I am and how I can lead better. The plan of actions that you've mentioned, or the defining moments, the 16th, the list, do you find that the 16 you found you've stumbled into in your quietest moments? Yes, totally, 100%, yeah. So do you think these opportunities arise when you quiet your mind? Yes. I, I can't. I cannot get to them if I don't quiet my mind. Do you think leadership needs to build in time to quiet their own minds? Yes. And be more aware of that. You know, I, hospitals, healthcare providers, I'm reaching out to them and some, some of them will say, oh, Lord, I got a meeting here and I got a meeting here. Is that all they do is go to meetings? How do they lead? They're sitting in meetings. Are they learning about leadership? Not necessarily. They're probably learning about processes. and So you've got to do that. I have two places of inspiration. You know one of them. My favorite place in the world is Gatlinburg, Tennessee, in the Smoky Mountains. I love it. There's places I can find there that I can just sit and be honestly be still. So that's kind of my mountain. The Smoky Mountains is my mountain. That's my place of renewal, revival. I had a name for it that I wrote down. I can't remember exactly what it was, but it is my place of inspiration. Uh, locally in Boone, where I live, it is Daniel Boone Park. It is right in the middle of town, and I say in the middle of, it used to be on the outskirts of town, but it's not anymore. It's near the campus. It's near downtown. It's actually not too far from my house. Uh, that's where the weekly farmer's market is, where the Danilboon Native Gardens is. It's where they uh, produce Horn in the West and where they also produce uh, Hickory Ridge Museum. And it is a wooded area. A lot of rhododendron trees and when they bud. And it is, I guess you say, it's a safe place. And um, I can go up there anytime year-round, as long as it's not too cold, but and just walk around there, and that's where it, where it happens. So I, anytime I'm up there, um, I, uh, I take my journal with me. That journal is important, 
and um, I write everything down that that becomes a defining moment. And I have to go home and think about it for a while too. Leaderships within healthcare organizations, as you mentioned, often don't have time to escape to a park or to a mountain. So they have to find that quiet within themselves. How would you suggest they do that? Because a trip out of the office isn't always feasible. How do you ground yourself in everyday life, John? At home, there is a place, and it's my office. I call it my, my sanctuary, my altar, my <laughs> uh, my starting point. It really is. Okay. It really is. It's my starting point. And it's uh, cozy. It needs to be decluttered, but we'll do that later. It needs to probably be um, vacuumed. Every time my granddaughter comes, she vacuums it. That should be a sign. But I love... I love that place. Healthcare provider, there's places just inside the building you can find. And um, I even, you know, with family members in the hospital, have found those places. Just a place to quiet your mind, the chapel, um, maybe a certain waiting room, maybe a coffee shop. You know, I, I can quiet my mind in a coffee shop. Matter of fact, when I leave here, I'm going to swing by Starbucks. I know you are. Yeah, and... I can just quiet my mind, even if it's just a few minutes. And I see people in there, actually, I think, what are they working? You know, they got their laptops up, but really, bottom line, they're quieting their mind. That's right. Yeah. They're seeking their space. They're so, solid. Yeah. So find that place. And even if it's Wherever inside it a building, yeah. Yes. Um, where is it at work? When I walk out on the floor, I get discharged by being out there with coworkers. It's the break room, too. I need to spend more time in the break room. And my cubicle. I love that place. We'd love to have you down there. I enjoy being down there. Thank you. Thank you, John. You've helped me get some stuff off my chest. Well, that's what we're here for. Okay. Thank you all. And thank you for listening, folks. Thanks for joining us today for the patient experience. Please help us out by sharing our show with a healthcare professional in your life or by leaving us a review on iTunes or your preferred podcast platform.